Hello there, everyone. Welcome to the Other Side of I Do podcast. I am your host, Jan Bugai. You're listening to the podcast dedicated to providing a space for husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, to come and hear others share their stories and some of their journey after saying I do. It's a space to share that whatever season you're in, you're not alone, and to gain some insight, encouragement, and resources to work towards being a better version of yourself for yourself and your families. If you are here for the first time, thank you for joining. And if you're returning, welcome back. Yes, welcome back to the Other Side of I Do podcast. If you are new to the podcast, you've picked a great day to listen in. And if you're returning, well, so have you. So thank you for all your support. Today, I am beginning a mini-series based upon the book by Danny Silk titled, Keep Your Love On, Connection, Communication, and Boundaries. I have found so many nuggets in this book that I thought it would be great to share on the podcast. He states in the introduction, I wrote this book to help people build, strengthen, and heal their relational connections. Quality love relationships do not happen by accident. And if you learn to manage the very best of who you are, the healthy love relationships you desire will be within your grasp. Now, as I've said from the beginning, and what you hear every time you turn on the podcast in the intro, this podcast is about learning to be a better version of ourselves. So only we, that's you, that's me, only we can control how we respond, how we love, how we communicate, or how we interact with others. Now we know relationships require a significant effort from both sides if they're going to succeed. And I love how he breaks down the principles of connecting, communicating, and setting boundaries to help us learn that, you know, we actually are powerful in forming lasting connections. Today, I'm going to pull out some of the powerful points I've found from the connections section, specifically chapter two. If you like what you hear, order the book, highlight it, take notes, write in the margins, whatever you do to gather your information, do that. I do think that the information I share today will be beneficial to you, and I hope that you'll incorporate it, incorporate it into your relationships, those close relationships that you have. So let's get started. Chapter two is titled, Turning Your Love On. Now, turning your love on requires more than just knowing how you like to demonstrate love, but equally, probably more importantly, how the recipient perceives love and how they feel a connection. Many of you may have heard of the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. I've heard of it, but I've never read the book, but Silk He does suggest that book as an invaluable tool for building connections between two people. But don't worry if you've never read the book, he will break it down in this book. And that's the thing that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the five categories, which he paraphrases because these are behaviors that are believed to be the way that we send and receive love messages. The five love languages are touch, gifts, quality time, 
acts of service, and words of affirmation. In this book, Silk compares the love languages to a type of fuel. You know, like the fuel you use to fill your car tank. He states everyone has a type of fuel that fills their love tank. So just like your car, if you're filling it with the wrong type of fuel, eventually you're not going to have a car that works. In the same way, he says, and I guess also Gary Chapman, because he came up with the five love languages, but they both say, we all need our love tank filled appropriately in order for us to function and feel connected. So let's talk about those five love languages. Touch. If you receive your love messages through physical contact, it is believed that your development of connection with another requires physical contact. Danny describes it like this. He says, imagine touch people have a touch meter within them that sends messages and registers the amount of contact they receive. It counts down to the nanoseconds in which a touch person was last touched. A touch person may begin to feel increased anxiety, agitation, or aggravated if the sense of touch is depleted. Similarly to like a person who hasn't eaten in a while gets grumpy. Now a touch person may feel safe, loved, and nurtured when their touch meter is reading high, but even when surrounded by people, a touch person may feel disconnected because they literally feel alone when the touch meter is depleted. So you could be in your room, in your house, families there, children there, grandchildren, spouse. But if you haven't been hugged, touched, kissed, back rubbed, if you're that type of person who needs to touch, if you haven't had that in a while, your touch meter is going to feel depleted and you're going to feel alone even though you're surrounded by people. Now, Danny does go on to say that this touch must be a healthy touch. It must be respectful and it must be a touch that is offered as a free gift of affection. So we're not talking about abusive touch or unhealthy touch. He also shares that touch people must be powerful in communicating their need for touch. Now, because touch is the most intrusive to other people's personal space, people who require touch must share this. They must let others know because a person who doesn't require touch, they may feel uncomfortable meeting this need in others. So it's very important that touch people communicate this need clearly so that the people they are in close relationship with will know and so that they can connect effectively. Acts of service. Acts of service people receive their love through intentional acts of kindness. The meter in an acts of service person begins to run each time the person enters their home or workspace. So imagine a camera in the head of an acts of service person that's connected to the meter and the meter begins to fill or deplete based on what the acts of service person sees has been done or has not been done for them. An example would be they enter their home and there's shoes in the middle of the entryway. There's coats and backpacks everywhere. The dishes are piled up in the sink. The TV is on and no one's watching it. Or they just see anything that needs to be fixed or clean and that causes their anxiety to increase intensely. That same anxiety will increase more 
if they know that they're the only person living in the home who needs structure and organization. When an acts of service person is in this situation, Danny calls this the kiss of death. Now he says this is the kiss of death when these important tasks are left undone constantly. And that person knows that they're really the only person in the home who cares to have structure and organization. So what does an anxiety field acts of service person do if they have not learned to overcome their anxiety by communicating their need for order and organization? Well, Danny suggests that they communicate, of course, because he says when they see that the dishes piled up, guess what happens? They begin barking out orders. Why are the dishes in the sink? Why are the shoes all over the place? Why is the TV on and no one's watching it? From there, he says, people tend to start moving, tend to start picking up things, turning off the TV, started washing the dishes. But he says that may decrease the anxiety meter for that person. But he says the love tank is not filled. And the love tank can't be filled because those acts were not done out of love. So what should an acts of service person do in this situation? Learn to communicate their needs. He says it could happen like this. I feel love when you take care of things that are important to me. When that doesn't happen, I feel that I'm not important. In those two simple statements, the acts of service person clearly communicates their need. Now, they may need to go a little further to say exactly what their need is. I need order. I need structure. I need to see the dishes clean. I need to see the shoes in the closet, the coats hung up. So in communicating, you need to also be specific. But he says just by those two statements, that should help the other person if they're listening they should be able to become more proactive in taking care of the things that the acts of service person needs. And it will be a way of strengthening their connection. Gifts. Gifts people look for evidence that they are being thought of even when they are not around. Gifts are physical tokens of love that gifts people hear, feel, or experience love through. A gifts person tends to offer gifts also as an expression of love. They usually offer gifts to celebrate special moments like anniversaries, birthdays, or any occasion just to offer a token of love. But the gifts usually symbolize some detail that says they have been paying attention to you. They know you and the things that you like. In return, a gifts person wants to receive those same types of gifts. The ones that say, I know you. I've been paying attention to you. I know what you enjoy and you're on my mind. Quality time. A quality time person needs to know that you are interested in spending time with them. They feel love when you show interest in spending time with them wanting to know what they have to say and are fully engaged with them. Pain enters the relationship of a quality time person 
when you send the message that you don't have time or make time to provide undivided attention to them. By doing this, you are saying that they're not important. For a quality time person, quantity does not necessarily determine quality. But you should make sure that the time that you spend with a quality time person, you are fully engaged, giving your energy and attention to them on the deepest level. Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation people thrive and feel appreciated when your words and body language include a positive tone, facial expressions, and choice of words. For a words of affirmation person, anxiety rises or falls with the way words are used in conversation. Safety and connection are created by simple words of encouragement. A words of affirmation person relaxes as they experience someone verbally expressing their enjoyment in them. With every positive word, love flows into them. But on the other hand, if the tone is critical or negative, the anxiety level of a words of affirmation person rises. Negative, critical, or angry words, excuse me, are painful to them and may cause a words of affirmation person to withdraw or actually attack back verbally. So you may wonder, well, how could I give correction or constructive criticism to a words of affirmation person? He suggests to use a method called the hero sandwich. This type of sandwich has twice as much love as it does criticism. The meat or filling of the sandwich is the constructive criticism and the bread of the sandwich is the nice, positive, reinforcing words of affirmation that communicate your love. He suggests serving this hero sandwich something like this. I need to tell you something, but first I want you to know that I love you very much and you are extremely important to me. That thing that you are doing is driving me nuts and I need you to stop it. Even though this is happening, I want you to remember that I love you with all my heart. Danny goes on to explain that the hero sandwich keeps the words of affirmation person in the conversation by filling his or her love tank with affirmation. Providing those two I love you messages drives down anxiety and creates safety, even though you are communicating that you are not pleased with their actions. By using the hero sandwich method, Honest, open relationships are formed with someone who might otherwise shut down because of critical feedback. Now, since we've gone over the five love languages, have you been able to identify your love language or languages? Have you identified the love languages of those close to you? I recognize acts of service to be my number one love language and probably quality time is number two. And I recognize my two are completely different from what I sense my husband's two are. For those listening who have never identified your love language 
or the love language of those who are in close relationship with you? Try this. Make a list of those people who you are in close relationship with. That could be your spouse, children, siblings, close friends. Now go back, review the five love language characteristics and write down one or two that you believe is their love language. Share it with them and see if they agree. Healthy, close relationships require healthy connection. Knowing the way each other's love tank is feeble or depleted will help us to connect effectively. We can either create safe connections or create safe distance. Today, I hope I share some information to help you build a skill set to move in the direction of keeping your love on through healthy connections. Again, if you like the book, it's titled Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk. Next week, we will continue with this mini-series, so share this episode if you found it to be beneficial. Leave an Apple Podcast review, and of course, subscribe so you don't miss out on any episodes. Guys, I do appreciate your time and support. See you all next time. Bye-bye.